Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. Happy New Year. How are you today? If you haven't noticed, it's not Tuesday, (laughs) but it's actually the perfect day to publish this episode because of why I was not able to get you the podcast this week on Tuesday because little did I know this was the very exact thing that I needed to teach you about this week. So buckle up, buttercup, because 2023 is about to start off with a bang. All right. First off, we have snowmageddon happening here in Utah. We had over two feet in our valley, four feet in the mountains. Most of our snow resorts were closed due to power outages, avalanche, uh, extreme conditions and, um, inability to help people like get, get people up there to open the ski resorts. This is super, super rare. It takes a lot to, uh, get Utahns scared by some snow. And I wouldn't even say scared, but it takes a lot to shut us down with snow. The funny thing and the ironic thing of it all is on my 40th birthday, just this last December, they canceled school for less than an inch of snow. And I could not believe it because it's just not something that ever happens. It snows two feet here and they'll close school. But even with an a foot of snow, they'll keep the doors open. So the fact that they did that on my birthday, it was just so annoying to me because I love a snow day on a snow day, but for an inch of snow, less than an inch of snow, I was just so devastated. The school was canceled on my birthday. Anyway, this last week, we have had so much snow that it has literally completely incapacitated. Is that a word? (laughs) It has shut everything down. And it was a dream winter break come true for us because we own a cabin up in the mountains in Utah. And that cabin got four feet of snow the week after Christmas. It got a little bit before, and then it got some after. And we had the most amazing time snowmobiling, sledding, cozying up by the fire. It was just amazing. And it is truly what winter break dreams are made of. Until we were ready to go home. And then we were like, uh, we're trapped. The community that we have our cabin in is a gated community and it's a private run community. It has its own private snowmobiling park, uh, hiking that's private. There is, uh, there are lakes that we can canoe on and things like that only available to members of the community. 
And so we love it up there. It's secluded. A lot of people don't have cell phone service or internet. Fortunately, we decided after the first 18 months of owning our home up there that we needed to get some cell phone service and some Wi-Fi. Thank goodness we had the foresight to do that because we kind of felt guilty about it. We thought, you know, we like this being secluded. It's great to be able to unplug. And then one day I looked at Sean and I said, you know, I feel like we kind of need... I feel like we need something just in case of an emergency. So we ended up getting Wi-Fi installed. They literally had to dig a line from the main road to the house because the house had never had internet or any phone service or anything since it was built back in the 60s. So we ended up getting Wi-Fi this summer once the road had thawed and the snow melted and they were able to dig it out and connect it to us. So we've had internet up there for the last six months, and we also have had phone service up there through a different uh, carrier that we switched to just so that we could have it at the cabin. So anyway, we were up for New Year's, enjoying all of the snow, having the best time. We had family up. We got together with friends, and it was just a lot of hot chocolate and shoveling and fire making and relaxing. Truly made winter break go by so quickly, and I just loved the time with my family. And so we had always planned to come home on New Year's Day. We were going to do some snowmobiling on New Year's Day, and then around 5 o'clock, we were going to drive home. The kids had Monday, January 2nd, off of school, and we wanted the day to take down Christmas, to get organized, have a little downtime at home before the kids went back to school. So we snowmobiled with friends all day on New Year's Day, and then came back to our house, packed everything up. And just as we're getting to the cars, it starts to snow a little bit more dramatically. And the road in and out of this gated community that we live in is very, very steep. In fact, it says there are warning signs all over that if you don't have four-wheel drive or chains, you can't even go up Uh, for most of the community that we live in. And especially where we are, we are up really high inside of the community. We're closer to the snowmobiling park so that we can snowmobile in and out of our driveway, which is why we bought it there. And it's so much fun. Uh, But it definitely, the snow conditions are a little bit more dicey up there. But we lived in Rexburg, Idaho for four years. They don't plow the roads there. It's too cold for ice melt to even work. So they put down red rock, which used to stain my pants when I would go to college and I'd walk to and from my classes or walk across the street from where I lived. And the red rock would always stain the bottom of your pants, your jeans, your corduroys, whatever you had on. And um, they do red rock because it gave you a little bit of a grab, but the ice melt didn't even work there because ice melt doesn't work below freezing temperatures if you didn't know that. So anyway, we are up there. They don't plow the road. They pack the road. So it's a little bit packed down. They use big tractors to do that, but they don't plow it because it's on dirt. And so there are roads inside of the community that do have paved roads, 
but they are still very, very steep. And because of the amount of snow, because of the storm system that moved in from Friday to Sunday, our HOA community put down 30 tons of ice melt and still they couldn't keep up with the plowing of the main roads that all of our little small streets that are snowmobile only, um, well, you can take your cars in them, but they're not they're not paved asphalt roads. They're left as snow so that you can use your snowmobiles. We call them sleds. That's like the hip thing. If you are into snowmobiling, you don't call them a snowmobile. You call them a sled. So you can use your sleds on the streets and go all around. And it is my favorite part. I don't even like going into the back country to snowmobile. It's just so much fun to go around a neighborhood tour and through the streets on the sleds snowmobiles. So, uh, so five o'clock we pack up all this stuff. It takes us about two hours to really, you know, wash all the sheets, wash all of the towels, clean out the fridge, pack up the car, go up and down our long driveway to pack everything out. And of course the dog is barking and running this whole entire time. Every time we come and go. So finally we get everyone settled in the car and we decide to get going and we struggle to get out of our driveway because the snow is sort of like the snow they would use at the ballet, like the fake snow that they put down when you're watching the Nutcracker Ballet or anytime you've seen snow dropped on a ballet uh, performance, it's that type of snow that is so slippery. It was like the entire sky was dropping tons and tons and tons of that fake snow. And it was on top of already very thick, dense powder. So it just made it super, super slippery. So we had to push our cars out of our driveway and then into the street. And as we were going down the road, even in four-wheel drive, even in all-wheel drive, we tried all the different ways. The cars were slipping down the roads. Then when we got onto the main roads that are usually paved with asphalt, they were completely covered in snow and it was a whiteout. You couldn't even see more than 15 feet ahead of you. But we had already gotten out of our driveway and the steep road that we live on. And so we just thought, we'll just go ahead and see if we can get out. And as we went down the road, we were going about three to four miles an hour, which is truly a snail's pace. I have never been so scared driving and I don't get scared driving in the snow. From my experience living in Rexburg, from living in Utah for the last, gosh, like 15, 16 years, I feel very, very confident in the snow. And my foot was shaking on the gas pedal. I've never experienced anything like it before. So we finally make it down the road about a mile. And two times in that mile, someone flagged us down coming the other way saying, turn back. The roads are so bad. You're not going to be able to get through. We are so scared. We're going back. And these are community people that live full-time in this gated mountain community that we go for on the weekends. These are full-time people that are telling us to turn around that don't feel safe driving in it. And that's saying a lot because those people are even more experienced in getting in and out of the conditions of this community. So we didn't listen to the first people. We decided to keep going ahead and seeing how it goes. And then the second time we got stopped about a mile and a half away from our cabin, 
they looked at the wife looked me in the eye and said, we were scared for our life. We just saw 10 cars plow into each other, turn around, go back now. That for me was really what sort of was like the nail in the coffin. And I looked at Sean and he was in the car behind me and I just said, let's go back to the cabin. So we ended up going back to the cabin Two of our kids were sobbing. They were so upset. We had been at the cabin for four days at that point. They just wanted to get home and be in their beds. I was ready to get home and be in my bed. I had things to do. I wanted to record this podcast. I wanted to get things. I wanted to get Christmas put away, which by the way, my Christmas is still fully out. It looks like Christmas Eve in my house right now. Honestly, like not a thing has been taken down. Uh, And so I just, I wanted to get organized. I wanted to do all of that. I wanted to have a day home because we had been at the cabin for almost a week during Christmas. And so, I mean, I was disappointed having to turn around. It meant we had to drag all of the bags, all of the food, walk everything back down to the cabin, which is our cabin is at the bottom of a hill. So it was like, we have to park at the top because we choose not to pave it because we like the snow so that we can get the snowmobiles out in and out. So it's just like all the things that you love about it are also sometimes a nuisance, right? So we get everything back in the house. We turn all the heaters back on. I get the laundry going because of course we have at this point, we had not planned to stay this long. So I was washing everybody's underwear and clothes and getting the dog situated and we have no more food for her. So I'm like, this is fine. She's going to get a hamburger. Happy, happy dog. Right? So, um, we get everyone situated. We tell everyone just watch a movie. Let's just make it fun. We're, we're going into the freezer. Cause our, we had, a, we had plenty of food. Fortunately, we had brought up way too much than we needed. So we're like making burritos and cheese pizzas from the freezer and taquitos and all those things. And we went to bed. We stayed up really late. Actually, we let the kids stay up watching movies till midnight. And then we finally turned everything off. We went to bed and we decided in the morning we would just wake up. We'd repack up the car and we'd try to make a break for it in between the two snowstorms, the one that was ending and the one that was coming. So we get up the next morning. We get everything reload it up again. We re-vacuum. We remake all the beds. We refold all the laundry. We're It's literally doing everything twice, two days in a row. We get the kids all the way up. We feel like we are finally in the home stretch. And normally when we leave the cabin, Sean is the one that is very particular about, you know, turn the water off to the fridge and put the hot water heater in vacation mode. And we were just so over being at the cabin and we had had to come in and turn it all back on that as we were leaving on Monday for the second try, trying to leave again, knowing that the roads might not be clear, knowing that it might all be in vain, knowing that we might be stuck there again for another night. We might have to do this a third time. And he has gone up and forth, up and back and forth to the car now probably 50 times in the last 24 hours and shoveled deck after deck and foot after foot of snow because throughout this time, it's still dumping a foot or two a night. So he's getting all of that taken care of. And I am the last one in the house I've mopped up all the snow. Everything is locked. We've turned all the heaters down. We've done all the processes again, which you'd think would be easy, but it's like you miss things the second time around because you just did it the night before and you're not sure if you did it. So you're checking it 
two and three times. And then you're telling yourself, oh, it's fine. I don't need to check. Oh, it's fine. I don't need to check. And as we're leaving, I look at Sean and we are just both desperate to get out of there. And I said, did you turn off the water again? And he said, no. And kind of gave me that look like, "Eh, whatever, you know, it's a fussy thing. Like, no, I haven't. I'm like, it's fine. I'll do it. So I turn off the water under the sink that, you know, feeds the water line to the fridge. And, and then I said, okay, what about the, should we put the water heater in vacay mode? We haven't ever really like, we just barely started getting into the habit of doing this as of the last time we came up, uh, on my birthday. And so it was just sort of something that we're like, it's like an extra thing. It's a little bit paranoia thing. It's over the top. Do we really need to do it? His feet are covered in snow. I don't know how to do it. And I was like, well, I'll just open the door and you just tell me how to put it in vacation mode. He's like, it's like a button. I don't know if I can explain it to you. I'm like, it's fine. I'll try. So I open the door to the water heater and all of a sudden there is just water just squirting literally everywhere because the O-ring on the cold water input to the water heater has failed. So we literally have a flood, an inch of water in the pan of the water heater and water just coming all into the kitchen and spraying everywhere up above and out at me. And I look at Sean and I'm like, oh my gosh, the water heater has burst. And we both look at each other. And I like, at this point, I'm just like, I'm so done with this. I'm like, just come in. I don't know how to do this. How do we get the water off? Of course, we don't have a water key. Of course, we don't. Of course, the the, the place where you would even turn the water off is covered in five feet of snow. So Sean is trying to dig it out. We have no water key. Our neighbor next door that has one is not there. He's not answering his phone. The other neighbor to the other side of us doesn't have one, can't help us. Fortunately, I had had the good sense to write down the name and phone number of the second couple that stopped us and told us not to go down the road, to turn back and go to our cabin, the one that we finally listened to the night before. So I messaged her and said, hey, have you guys left yet? They hadn't left yet. I said, our water heater is spraying everywhere. We have to get the main water line off because the closest person that is able to do that for our community is 25 miles, sorry, 25 minutes away down in the main city where it's like quite the drive and they would have to come up through all of the snow and the weather and the roads and everything. And we don't, want it to flood even more. So I call the neighbor that we met the night before that turned us back. And I said, by any chance, do you have a water key? No, they didn't. Do they have a neighbor that might have a water key? Turns out they did. And then they snowmobiled the water key up to us. Her husband happened to be an engineer. He and my husband got the water main turned off from the house. We cleaned up the whole mess. And then finally got to leave two hours later. (laughs) And as we were driving away for the second time, I thought to myself, thank goodness we couldn't leave yesterday like we wanted to. And that is the message of my podcast to you today. Because how often do you have your hopes set on something, a rank, a speaking engagement, that one person that's about to join your team and change everything. 
that one product that's about to be launched, that one big break that's about to happen for you and it doesn't happen and you can't seem to figure out why something so good that was so close to working out failed. And then all of a sudden, not usually the next day, not usually less than 24 hours later, but one day down the road, you will see that not getting what you wanted was actually what saved you from a nightmare, what saved you from something you didn't want. Imagine if we had been able to leave on Sunday night like we wanted to. That water pipe would have burst the next day and it would have flooded our house for over a month before we found it, maybe even longer. The house would have been destroyed by water damage. It would have been completely unusable. It would be covered in mold. It would have been a complete disaster. We probably would have had to knock down the entire cabin and start again. It would have been catastrophic. Thank goodness we had to turn back in the storm and stay one more night and be totally inconvenienced to completely save ourselves from a catastrophe with our cabin. It probably saved us over a half a million dollars. Instead, because we stayed, we were able to not only build relationships with our community up there and make closer friends with people that were totally willing to help us in a time of need, but we were also able to see this amazing example of how sometimes work out when they don't work out. Whatever it is that you're up against this year, and this is something I've seen over and over and over again in my network marketing business, any time that I have a leader just quit or in- disengage or stop working, what does that always cause me to do? Causes me to step up and lean in and go develop someone else. And sometimes that initial leader comes back in later. But if they had never left, I would have never found the next leader. I would have never found the next leg that I was going to work with in my organization. And when I look back over the life of my business, over the last seven years in my career in network marketing, every single year that I lost a top leader or a top recruiter or a top business builder, and that absence, that vacancy was there on my team, it drove me to go out and search for someone else. And that person has always brought bigger and better gains in my business than I ever saw or had before. Your biggest disappointments, your biggest fails, your biggest losses, your biggest inconveniences, I promise you, are leading you up for your biggest gain. Everything is rigged in your favor, my friend. And if you don't know this yet, then you absolutely cannot miss the chance of joining me at Ignite Week this coming Monday, January 9th through the 13th. I'm going to be teaching you for five days all about the basics of what it's going to take to ignite your business in 2023. Do not miss this. If you are a business owner, if you are a network marketer, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are selling anything on social media, go to my website right now, 
emilygibsoncoaching.com forward slash shop and purchase Ignite Week for $24. Not only am I going to teach you why you're struggling to get customers to purchase what you're selling across the board, I know you're struggling with it and I know why because I've spent the last three months researching why it's happening, what is the problem, and be able to provide you with the solution for it, which I have ready and locked and loaded for you. I'm going to be teaching you how to recruit on Monday, day one of Ignite Week. There are three things that you need to be doing to get people off the fence post-pandemic, and you're only doing two of them. Even if you think you're doing all three, I don't care how good you are at sales or at recruiting. If you are not signing up 75% or more of people that you are in messages with and you're sitting there and you're like, huh, this is so weird. I'm usually better at this. If that's what you're thinking right now, you go to my website and you purchase this because I'm about to show you why it's happening. If you have a team that is usually better at recruiting, that's usually better at closing deals and they're not and you're sitting here wondering, huh, it's so weird. I mean, it used to work. I wonder what's happening. And it's been like, week after week, month after month, and you just feel like they're not hitting their stride, then get yourself and your team to Ignite Week because I know why. And I'm going to share with you the current research of what it takes to recruit people now, today, in 2023. And it is not what you think. And it is not what all of your sales training has given you. It's different. It's new. It's cutting edge. And I'm sharing it with you. I'm going to be breaking down what it actually takes to recruit people this year in 2023 and what you need to know as a business owner and network marketer and social seller in order to adapt or die in this current climate. I'm going to be sharing with you the research on how to do this in a better way so that you're more successful. I'm also going to be breaking down duplication, how to turn one person into 10 in a three-step simple system that's going to work for any business, any company, any network marketer, anywhere. On day three, we're going to talk about social media. I'm going to be unpacking artificial intelligence current stats with you and how you can be on the cutting edge of all AI. If you don't even know what I'm talking about, then you definitely need to go buy my course for Ignite Week, $24, just to know what I'm talking about because this is going to revolutionize our industry as network marketers and social sellers. And I want you to be on the front end of it so that you can capitalize on it before anyone else gets it. So I'm going to be unpacking all of that for you so you don't have to spend even lifting a finger trying to figure it all out. I've already broke it down. I've already spent three months with my research team. We have it for you ready to rock along with what is going to work in 2023 with Reels, why expanding your network is killing your social media business, and more. That's day three of the social media one. Then we have goal drama. There is one thing that you are doing every single year that is setting your goals up for failure. And I'm going to unpack that for you and give you my secret to success year after year that allows has allowed me to hit and over, over hit all of the goals I've made year after year. I'm going to teach you that so that you can be part of the 7% of people that make goals and achieve them. You're going to be that person from now on if you come to Ignite Week. Is it worth $24 to you? That's what I ha- that's what I want to ask you. Is it worth $24 to you? 
I would say it's priceless. Day five, leadership level up. I'm going to show you one trick that you can level up your leadership with so that you can start attracting higher level leaders into your business, into your organizations, and get everything that you want in 2023. Stop what you're doing right now. Go to my website, emilygibsoncoaching.com forward slash shop, purchase Ignite Week for $24, and I will change your whole business in five days. I will see you there, everyone. Happy New Year. And remember, everything is rigged in your favor. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.